0: The other day I was, I got a phone call from a lady who was not really that involved with ILM. She's looked at the website, read a couple of things, listened to a couple of talks, but she was real concerned that I was off target. And before she got real involved with ILM, she wanted to know um, about some things. And the one thing she wanted to know was, how are we trying to change the world? How are we going to create something in the world to make the world a better place than what it is right now? How are we doing that? And I said, we're not. And she said, well, then you're not a spiritual organization. You're not doing spiritual work. I said, well, we're doing a lot of spiritual work, and we are a spiritual organization. But we are not here to change the planet. We are not here to change the environment. We're not here to change people. We are here to wake up, to wake up to the truth of who we are as soul. And then let that essence of soul that we wake up into influence our environment and bring about change from the inside out rather than trying to force change in an outer way. And she said, I'll call you back. And she hung up. <laughs> so I waited and waited for several days. And she called back and she said, are you kidding me? <laughs> and, and I went, w- what, what was it that I said where you think I'm kidding you? And she said, that you're going to change the world from the inside out it'll take forever if you are trying to change the world from the inside out. She said, I sat down after you said that, and I looked and I said, what would I have to change inside myself in order to really have the world change around me? And she says, I can't do that. I don't wanna do that, it's gonna take too long. I'm just gonna go out and force things to change. And I said, and how successful have you been at that? And she said, I don't like that. And, and I said, why don't you like that? She said, because that's what my husband keeps asking me. <laughs> so we had a, a long talk. And so she said at the end that what she's going to do is she's going to start listening to some of the meditations and listen to a few more CDs. And she may come and try us out. But she's been of the mindset that she's here to change the world. Well, that's the temptation that the world will put before us. You know, I always say that you're to take care of yourself first. Take care of yourself. And that there's a line of service that we are to really follow if we're going to wake up and, in a way that will serve us and then those around us. And that line of service Is God first, then ourselves, then our family, starting out with our mate, our children, our extended family, and then out into the friends, and then to the world? Well, I explained that to her a little bit. And she said, yeah, but I I went to church. I started going to church. And I realized... I had things to do in the world. I've got to go out and and do all this stuff in the world. And so I've made doing that work in the world first. And I said, and is it working? She said, well, not really. I mean, people aren't getting it. And I don't understand why they don't understand what I'm talking about and why they don't want to join me in this. And I said, maybe because it's not in alignment. And That's what oftentimes people do. I have witnessed husbands and wives and other just people just drop their friends, drop their family, and focus out there. I'm going to do good in the world. I'm going to be the saint. I'm going to be the savior for all these things. And who do they hurt but themselves, their partners, their children, their extended family and their friends, because now they're denying all of that to try to save something 2,000, 3,000 miles away. Well, where is your lessons to be learned? Where are the karmas that are in your life to be experienced and to be learned, to grow from? They're right there inside of you They're right there with your mate, with your children, with your extended family, and with your friends. It's in that immediate environment where our lessons are. And if we don't learn those lessons first, how are we ever going to be able to go out and help others to learn theirs, to learn, to grow? So pay attention what are you putting first? And if it's not God first, stop and look and see why. And what are you putting in place of God first? And if you're not putting yourself as second, what are you placing in there as second other than yourself? And if it isn't your mate third, what are you putting there And if you don't have a mate, then it would go out to your family, your extended family. So look and see what is your line of service? What is your line of attention and awakening into the soul that you are, into the divine that you are, and living that divinity from the inside out? It has to be lived first on the inside. And that's done by meditation. And by waking up and by taking responsibility for your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, your reactions, guess what? That's your karma, that's your lessons, that's what we're here to learn. And then you begin to live that out into the world. If you go out into the world to do all that first and haven't done it within yourself, you're not really going to succeed. You're not really going to go very far with it. Do you know that Mother Teresa, when she went out into the world to do her service, she was very devoted. She became a nun based on inner experiences she had in her prayers as a young person. And she became a nun, hoping to fulfill what that loving was inside of her and bring it out into the world. But by the time she was in her 50s and her 60s and working with the people in India and working with the dying and the ill, she got pretty discouraged. And she kept doing it because she felt that that's a mission that God had given her to do. But in doing that, she lost touch with the inner focus. She lost touch with that divine flow of loving that was the spark of inspiration for her to do that work. And she had not developed it enough in her to really live it fully, to be able to carry it into her work. And I have known a couple of people that were very close to her who said that in the end she was quite angry and she really doubted sometimes whether she was really doing what she was really meant to do. And she had a Hindu ask her, are you living the truth of yourself first? Which is the same as what I'm saying. Your truth of yourself is God. Are you living the truth of yourself first? She was asked. And she said, No, I lost sight of that a long time ago because I've made other people more important than me. That's a key statement. Don't make other people more important than you. Never make other people more important than you. The moment you do that is the moment you lose sight of your own truth, your own purpose. And the opportunity for you to grow and become the divine, the loving that you are. And then it can be miserable. But if you are in touch with that divine in you, if you're in touch with your loving, if you're in touch with all of that, you know your purpose. You're living your purpose. And... The loving is your purpose. Then you live from the inside out. Then you do radiate that loving out into the world and begin to transform that which is around you. I remember years ago when I was in San Antonio and I was talking about this kind of a subject, a lady came out and she said, well, how far out can I radiate it? Will it... it, Will it go out six feet? Will it go through my whole house? I said, it's not measurable. It's, you can't measure it in that way. You just be the loving and let the loving go out and do the work with you and for you. And I said, the way you'll know it is you'll see it in your family. You'll see it in that extended family around you. And that loving will begin to transform your environment. And people will respond to you differently. They will act with you differently. And rather than being in reaction with you or you with them, you'll find a new way of being. That's how you know you're living it. And there is no measurement to how your loving is going to go out, how intense it is, how weak it is, how far it reaches out. Loving has no limits. It's only if we limit it that it's limited. So, I say don't put a focus on what you want the loving to do. Don't direct it. Don't put a qualification on it. And definitely don't put a limitation on it. Well, I wanted to go to my brother, but not his wife. You know, please not his wife. Just don't let her feel the loving. I don't want to have a relationship with her. I've heard things like that. And I'm just kind of going, oh, my goodness. God's looking down there just laughing. So just let the loving be. Let the loving move. And you'll know where you need to be. You'll know what you need to be doing. But it probably isn't what you think it is. It's probably something very simple. Very, very simple. I have found that the greatest way I have influenced my environment is by smiling at people. Just smiling. The other day I was coming out of Randall's after shopping. And this lady was coming in and I had my cart and I realized I didn't need it. And so I picked up my bags and I turned the cart around and I said, here you go. And she looked at me like, what? But she went off smiling. She was happy. It was like somebody noticed me, somebody cared, somebody did something for me. And that's all people want. And that's all we need to do. It's just the little things. I remember when I was in high school, and I used to love going on the weekends to the mall. I used to teach ballroom dancing at a, at a, a storefront in, in one of the malls in San Antonio. And I'd go and I'd sit out and watch people walk by, and, and I'd just smile. I'd just smile at people. And the, some people would look at me like, do I know you? <laughs> and walk on. But then others would smile back. And then later I'd see them again and they'd smile at me and would smile again. And it, it it's surprising how just the littlest thing can bring joy to people. I was working in a, in a store. I was working in an art gallery and, and paint store. And... This woman came in one day and and waited while I finished up with one customer and she came up to me and she said I'm not here to buy anything I'm moving and I need some empty boxes. And you know back then uh, in the in the 60s and 70s you know they didn't have a lot of storage places and boxes places to buy boxes at so you went to grocery stores you went wherever there was empty boxes to be found and and got them. So she came in and I said, well, let me go back and see what I can find. I said, I doubt there's very many, but I'll see. Well, I got back there, and sure enough, I mean, there weren't very many at all to be throwing out. And so I went around the store, and I was emptying out cans of paint and stacking them where they had been stored in boxes. And I got her six, seven boxes and brought them all up and loaded them in her car, and she drove off. And she was very grateful And years later, I saw her at a party and she walked over to me and she said, you used to work at a frame store, didn't you? And I said, yeah. And she said, you changed my life. And I went, (laughs) what? (laughs) She said, you literally changed my life. I went in and I'd always carried this attitude that I don't like people and people don't like me and nobody cares and I was living alone and quite unhappy, but making the best of it. And I came in and I asked you for some boxes. And I I said, and so what did I do? And she said, well, you went back and you got all these paint cans and moved them around and got boxes for me and brought them out and loaded them in my car. And, and, you know, I'm sure you probably never thought about it. I said, no, I never thought about it. And she said, well that attitude of you caring enough to do all that for me and you smiled and wished me the best move I had the best move because I had a different attitude. Somebody cared about me. And she said very soon after that I met a man who really cares about me and I led him into my life. And she said my life has been changed ever since that day. And she said I know it's your fault. <laughs> And I said, well, I'm glad I could do that. (laughs) That's how we can change the world. It's that simple. It's that easy. It's not going out and collecting a million dollars and feeding, you know, 10,000 people or whatever. It's about just being who you are. Living the loving, living the truth. But first you've got to go inside and find it for yourself. Then... Let it happen. Let it happen. Let the Lord inside of you stir God in them. Awaken God in them. God can do the work. You cannot. I can't go and shake you into awakening. But the divine in me can instill in you the desire, the want, the knowing that it's there for you. All you have to do is see it, to believe it. And you've seen it, and you've believed it, and therefore you're doing it. You're doing the meditation, you're doing the inner work, you're taking care of yourself more than you might have otherwise been doing, and you're living with awareness. And you're not going out into the world trying to change it, unless, of course, you are. (laughs) But if that was really the case, I don't think you'd be here today. I think you'd be on the street corner somewhere. <laughs> so just pay attention. You're probably having a greater influence on the world than you could ever imagine. But the one thing I'll say is, in this too is you're never going to change the world. And nobody is ever going to change the world. The world is the world. It is a part of the physical, illusionary, imaginational creation. And it has a purpose, to serve. And it's going to continue serving that purpose of teaching us, of awakening us to certain levels that it can bring us awake to. And it's ever going to be doing the same thing over and over and over until it has no more energy to run on. And that'll come about someday. But right now, it's teaching us all lessons. And the lessons that are being taught today are the lessons that were taught 10,000 years ago. And more than likely, we were there then. (laughs) And I just hope and pray that from 10,000 years from now, you won't be here doing it again. (laughs) That you will have learned them and gone on. There's a lot of other places to go, a lot of other lessons to experience. A lot of other things to fulfill, and a lot of better places to be than this one. I can promise you that. So, do the meditation, do the inner work, do the LAF, loving, accepting, and forgiving of yourself and of others. But believe me, do it for yourself first, and the work is done. When you really do love, accept, and forgive yourself, there's not much else to do with other people. There's not much else to do with the world. It's all inside of you. The lesson, the learning, the fulfillment of it is all inside of you. It's not with the other person. We like to blame the other person. It's all their fault. If it wasn't for them, I'd be happy right now. Well then go tell them about it and see if they don't tell you the same thing about you. And then find out for yourself by going inside and doing the inner work if it isn't really that you just have to forgive yourself. You just have to love and accept yourself just as you are. I remember when I was seven, eight, nine years old and this Minister at a Methodist church, St. Mark's Methodist Church. I remember so well in San Antonio. And I was sitting there in the church listening to him preach. And he was saying how we have to do good in the world in order for good to be done in us. And oh my God, that didn't sound right. It just hurt it really hurt hearing him say that. And he went on for quite a while preaching about it. And I went up to him and I said to him, I said, do you really believe what you just said today, you know, in church? And he goes, I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. And I said, "And are you living it? And he says, I wouldn't have said it if I wasn't living it. And I said, so how does it feel to live what you're saying? And he says, it's the hardest work I've ever done, but I'm really trying to make it work. And I said, is there another way you could do it? He goes, if somebody could tell me how to do it differently, I would do it. Because this is hard. I left there thinking, how can I tell him what I know and hear? How can I put it into words and say it to him to where he would believe it or understand it? And that started me on this whole quest of trying to understand this process and getting it into alignment so that there's a flow there rather than this disconnect and this push against each other. And I remember in my prayers of the day, which I do now. I know now it's meditation, but back then I called it prayer. I heard God say, I accept you just as you are. When will you accept yourselves just as you are? And I knew that that was a key. So that began my process. And I remember a couple of years later going back to that church, because I used to go to all different kinds of churches, and I went to him and and I walked back up to him and I I said, I think I have an answer for you. And he says, I don't remember asking a question. (laughs) And I said, well, here's an answer. Maybe you'll come up with a question. I said, God accepts us just as we are, doesn't he? And he goes, well, I, I would hope so. I would pray so. And I said, well, I know so. And he wants us to accept ourselves just the way we are. And he goes, no, 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 there's, we can't do that because we're sinners. And we can't accept ourselves as sinners and continue living as sinners. And I said, but what if we're not sinners? What if we're truly divine, truly spiritual, truly loving? What if we're that and we could accept that about ourselves? He said, no, we're sinners and we're always going to be sinners. And I walked away thinking, okay, well, now I know that I don't need to spend my time doing this. (laughs) And that's where I realized I don't need to change the world. I don't need to change other people. I don't have to convince anybody of anything. I'm just here to live my life, to live my fulfillment, to share my loving through a smile, through getting empty boxes for somebody or whatever. And, you know, she helped me realize I did more good work in those few minutes getting her some empty boxes and putting them in her car than I would have done going out on a corner somewhere or into a church preaching. She got the message, she got the loving, she got the caring. Just out of that simple act. And if I had started putting words on it, if I had started trying to tell her to change, how to do it, what she was doing wrong, would she have done it? I don't think so, I really don't. So if you want to change the world, that's how you do it. Love, accept, and forgive yourself. And do your meditation and let the soul in you wake up and have dominion here and then let that loving just radiate out however it's going to do.